Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, January 23rd. Let's start with what you missed over the last week. Then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. All right, so let's go ahead and get it started. As you probably can tell by my voice, I am fighting off a cold, so excuse me for that. (laughs) So this may be a little bit of a quicker episode, but we do have a lot to go over. So starting with the NBA, and if you were not on Twitter, you have no idea what this is, but it blew up on Twitter this week because things got heated in the Lakers versus Grizzlies game which might surprise you (laughs) because really both those teams are not doing so hot right now. However, before half, several Grizzlies players, most notably Dylan Brooks, Steve Adams, and John Morant and Morant's dad, all went up to confront Shannon Sharp, who is the Fox sports reporter. Sharp showed up to the game in a LeBron James jersey with a goat mask and is known on the show Undisputed to be unapologetically a huge LeBron fan. So Sharp started poking at Brooks, saying he was too small to guard LeBron, and it escalated from there. F-bombs were dropped and etc. Nothing else happened, but security did escort Sharp back to his seat after the third quarter actually started. And so the uh, John Morant's dad actually did go up and hug him and everything afterwards as well. So obviously the hatchet was buried, but there were tempers that flared before that. Moving along to college basketball, and we have 15 losses in the top 25 this week. And it started off with a biggie. Number two, Kansas will not be number two after this week. They lost to number 13, Kansas State, on Tuesday. Granted, it was only by one point, but still a loss is a loss. Then they went to number 14, TCU, on Saturday, and TCU destroyed the Jayhawks 83-60. to Number 12, Iowa State brought it, it, brought it in the second half against number seven, Texas, winning by double digits. Number 19, Clemson may have had the highest score of the game, but it wasn't enough to beat unranked Wake Forest. Clemson lost that game 87 to 77. DePaul beat number eight, Xavier, by one. 
West Virginia had a strong first half to lead number 14 TCU by 15 at the half. And despite scoring 41 in the second half, the Horned Frogs lost the game. Number 15, UConn lost to Seton Hall by one. Number 20, Marquette outlasted number 22, Providence, for a ranked matchup in the Big East. Number 25, Arkansas lost to Mizzou by three. Loyola Marymount put an end to number six Gonzaga's home win streak. That win streak was tied for the eighth longest in NCAA history at 75 before this game. The Bulldogs lost that by one. That hurts. Number 23, Rutgers lost to Michigan State, who now have the same record in the Big Ten and overall at 5-3 and three and 13-6. and six. Duke is very back and forth this year. They win games when they're not ranked, and they lose when they are ranked. They were not ranked this time, so they were playing number 17 Miami, and they won by two. The Blue Devils are undefeated at home this season. Number 11, Arizona beat number 5, UCLA, in a low-scoring game, 58-52. After beating number 7, Texas, earlier in the week, number 12, Iowa State had a letdown game, losing to unranked Oklahoma State. And then rounding out the week, perhaps the biggest upset of them all was number 1, Houston, fell to Temple by 1, and again, another low-scoring game, 56-55 on Sunday. We just have a little bit of college football news as head coach of Michigan. Harbaugh has said that he will be staying at Michigan after he was rumored to interview for the Broncos head coaching job. Now, remember, he did this last year right around National Signing Day that he was interviewing for another NFL job. That's both good and bad now that he's going to stay for Michigan fans as Harbaugh also faces NCAA allegations that he lied during an investigation. It is all still pending and is likely to be drawn out for months and he could face a multi-game suspension. So I'm sure that's not the last we're going to hear on that. The investigation is over violating COVID restricted recruiting rules during the quote unquote dead period. You may have heard something about buying a recruit a burger, something along those lines. So he is, like I said, he is fighting tooth and nail against that. So that will draw out. Moving along to what was the big story of the weekend, it was NFL. So I didn't get to cover the final wildcard game because the Dallas wildcard was on Monday night. So let's go back and talk about the Cowboys-Bucks game on Monday night first. The Cowboys handled the game well, despite not ever beating Tom Brady before this. The Dallas kicker, Mayer, though, did not have a good game with an NFL record of four missed points, or PATs. This is a Cowboys' first away playoff win since 1992, so the Cowboys move on to the divisionals. We had divisionals starting on Saturday, starting with the Chiefs versus the Jags. That started everything. The Chiefs fans were loud because they had a bye week last week until quarterback Patrick Mahomes went out of the game with an apparent ankle injury in the second quarter. He was then out for the rest of the half and was not happy about doing so. Slammed his helmet and everything. Mahomes did come back to play the entire second half, though, and with tight end Travis Kelsey, took the team to their fifth straight AFC championship game. The Chiefs beat the Jags 27-20. The Eagles versus the Giants game was, well, not much of a game as the Eagles 
put away the New York team early, leading 28-0 at half. The Giants did manage to score in the third quarter, but that was literally it. So the Eagles cruised to the NFC Championship game, beating the Giants 38-7. The first game on Sunday was a rematch of the Monday Night Football that never ended up happening between the Bengals and the Bills. And for a feel-good start, DeMar Hamlin was in attendance watching from a suite with his family. But that's about where the good feelings ended for the Bills. The Bengals went up quick, 14-0 in the first quarter. Buffalo only managed to score 10 points the whole game in the snow and thus lost 27-10. It was a throwback rivalry for the final game of the weekend. The Cowboys were looking to make their first NFC Championship game since 1995. It was a low-scoring game the entire time, going into half 6-9. to nine. And yes, that 6 is a touchdown for Dallas, but another missed extra point for kicker Mayer, making it 5 in a row now. And the Cowboys then managed to score a field goal in the third to make it all tied up 9-9, to nine, going into the fourth quarter. So it looks to be a great game. But then the 49ers got their run game going and scored a touchdown right about at the beginning of the fourth quarter. The two teams then exchanged field goals to give Dallas the ball back with 3.04 left in the game down seven. They did have to punt. So they had to get a stop and couldn't let the San Francisco 49ers get a certain number of first downs. Then San Francisco had to punt, and Dallas had one more chance, this time with none of their timeouts and only 45 seconds on the clock. And as the final play of the game from the Dallas 24, Dak Prescott passed the ball, and then they were going to attempt some kind of lateral play to get it into the end zone, but it was snuffed out quickly by the 49ers defense. So the 49ers advance. Doesn't also help when your quarterback throws two interceptions and your leading running back for the Dallas Cowboys, Pollard, went down with a broken leg in the first half. So the AFC and the NFC championship games are set, and I will cover that in What to Watch this upcoming week. We do have a little bit of golf news, both for the PGA Tour and the Live Tour. And we're going to start with the PGA. I would not bet against John Rahm at this point in the season. This weekend, he took the American Express for his fourth win in just six starts. This is also his ninth overall PGA Tour title. Two of those wins were on the European Tour recently, but still, he has had seven straight top 10 finishes. Rom was tied with rookie Davis Thompson with three holes to play, and but Rom ultimately won by two. But the PGA Tour better watch out as the Live Tour announced their TV deal this week for the upcoming season. So you can now watch Live events on the CW in the United States. Remember, there are also more tournaments this year. They begin in February, as well as we might now have a good battle for golf fans going on because the big thing that PGA Tour had for it was that the Live Tour had no TV deal that officially is over. And we have some Olympic news. LSU gymnast Olivia Dunn has 6.7 million followers on TikTok and is the highest earning woman in college athletics. 
and she is out of competition on an injury. But that did not stop fans of hers from disrupting the meet against number five, Utah, where competition had to be stopped as fans were so disruptive. That wasn't even at a home meet. That was at Utah. LSU lost their home opener to defending national champs and number one Oklahoma on Tuesday this past week. But the Tigers now travel with beefed up security due to Dunn's celebrity. USC announced that they will be naming their field inside the track stadium after Olympic sprinter Allison Felix. Felix Field has a nice ring to it. Allison Felix is the most decorated American track and field athlete of all time with 11 medals over five Olympic Games. Michaela Schifrin, the skier, has been oddly quiet of late. If you're wondering why I'm not reporting on that, that is because she got fourth and seventh in the downhills this week. So we will keep waiting on World Cup title record watch. Moving along to tennis news as the Australian Open began this week and we are now in the round of 16. And the Americans had a strong start, having the most USA players to make it to the fourth round since 2004. On the men's side, some notable names are still in it, like Djokovic and Tsitsipas, but others are missing. United States Korda beat Russian Medvedev. Number two, Denmark seed Rude was upset by an American rookie in Brooksby. And Spanish Nadal lost in straight sets in round one to an American named McDonald. He has been having some issues with his hip and it showed. So there will be a new champ as Nadal was the defending champion of last year's Australian Open. Andy Murray won his second round match in a grueling five plus hour match, but then couldn't bounce back in his third round and he is out as of the next day. So as we head into the quarterfinals, we have three Americans for the first time since 2000 on the men's side. On the women's side, USA's Sloane Stevens lost in round one. American Coco Goff beat the U.S. champ and British Amer Emma Raducanu in the second round. Andrescu lost, who she is Canadian, in round two to Spanish Buxa, who then got destroyed by Poland's Iga Swiatek. Only Goff and Jessica Pagula were the lone Americans to make it to the round 16. Schweitek lost yesterday in the round of 16 to Kazakhstan's Rybikina in a huge upset number seed number 22 over number one. Goff also went down in straight sets that round to Latvian Oskopenko. USA's Pagula survived and is the lone American left on the woman's side going into the quarterfinals. Only number three and number five seed remain in the top 10. Everyone else in the quarterfinals for the women is outside the top 15. Also on a personal note, tennis is extremely hard to do for a podcast as there are a lot of very different sounding and different pronunciations to all of these names. So thank you for bearing with me while I figured those out. But moving on to what to watch this upcoming week, obviously we're coming to the end of even NFL football season, so basketball is starting to take over. So for the NBA this week, on Tuesday we have the Celtics at the Heat at 6.30 on TNT, followed by the Clippers at the Lakers for the Battle of L.A., on Wednesday, you can catch the Nets at the 76ers at 6.30 on ESPN. They are both in the top four in the East, so that ought to be a good game. The Grizzlies then at the Warriors will be at 9 that same night. 
On Thursday, the Knicks at the Celtics at 6.30 on TNT and the Mavericks at the Suns at 9 on TNT. That should also be a close game as they're kind of close to each other in those rankings in the West. Then a huge game on Saturday, the Nuggets at the 76ers at 2 p.m. You can catch that on ABC. This is the Nuggets are first in the West versus the second in the East of the 76ers. So it is a battle between the divisions and the conferences. It ought to be a great game. Then also on ABC, the Knicks at the Nets will play at 4.30 for the Battle of New York. And then the Lakers at the Celtics at 7.30 also on ABC. We have a number of basketball games for college basketball with ranked versus ranked matchups starting today. Number nine, Kansas. I, t- I told you they wouldn't be ranked number two very much longer. <laughs> at number 17, Baylor. They will play at 8 p.m. on ESPN. Tuesday, another ranked versus ranked matchup in the Big 12 with number five, Kansas State, at number 12, Iowa State, at 8 p.m. on ESPNU. Wednesday, catch it in the Big East, number 13, Xavier, at number 19, UConn. They play at 5.30 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Then we actually don't have another ranked first ranked matchup until Saturday. And Saturday you'll see some crazy different matchups because it is the SEC versus the Big 12 annual battle. I believe it's called the SEC Big 12 Showdown. This is the 10th annual time that this has happened. And this will be all in one day, all on Saturday. The SEC won last year, but the Big 12 has a lot of team rank, teams ranked at the moment. So you'll see kind of like... A, obviously a mix between those two conferences. I believe there's 10 teams playing. So everyone from the Big 12 will play everyone from or 10 teams from the SEC. So like, for example, you've got Alabama versus Oklahoma, um, Iowa State versus Mizzou, that kind of thing. Again, a lot of those aren't ranked first ranked matchups. The Actually, the only one that is is number 10, Texas at number four, Tennessee in kind of a battle of the burnt orange versus the bright orange at 5 p.m. on ESPN to round out the ranked versus ranked matchups. In the NFL, like I said, we have the NFC Championship game. That will be first, the 49ers at the Eagles at 2 p.m. on Fox. Then the AFC Championship game, both of these are Sunday night, the Bengals at the Chiefs at 5.30 on CBS. And then we will have our answer on who is going to the Super Bowl for this year. For the PGA Tour this week, they go to the Farmers Insurance Open. Round one begins Thursday at 2 p.m. on Golf Channel. Round two is on Friday at the same time. Saturday, you can catch round three at 2 p.m. on Golf Channel, and then it switches over to CBS at 4 p.m. And then same for Sunday, Farmers Insurance Open final round at 2 p.m. on Golf Channel, and then at 3.30 on CBS. A little bit of hockey this week. Hulu has picked up some of those games, so I will not announce those, but they are on the blog. But Wednesday on regular scheduled programming, the Rangers will face at the Maple Leafs at 6 p.m. on TNT, then followed by the Capitals at the Oilers at 8.30. Then on Friday, catch the Red Wings at the Islanders at 6 p.m. on ESPN. As for Olympic new Olympic sports to watch this week, we actually have a number of events because the U.S. Championships for figure skating is this weekend. So that begins Thursday with Rhythm, Rhythm Dance at 6 p.m. on USA, followed by the Women's Short Program at 9. Then on Friday, the Men's Short Program will be at 4 p.m. also on USA, and the Women's Free Skate to round out who wins that championship at 7 p.m. on NBC. 
Also on Friday, we could catch a little bit of NCAA women's gymnastics, Georgia versus Florida at 5 p.m. on SEC Network. Then on Saturday, we go back to U.S. Championships figure skating free dance at 1.30 p.m. on NBC. And then the pairs free dance at 7 p.m. on USA. Rounding out everything is Sunday, U.S. Championships, the men's free skate. So that will decide who will win the men's United States title at 2 p.m. on NBC. I do kind of want to hit on a little bit of soccer just really fast because on Wednesday we have men's international friendly United States versus Serbia at 9 p.m. You can actually catch that on HBO Max of all places. Then on Saturday, again, the U.S. men's team versus Colombia. That will be at 6.30 p.m. on TNT. Obviously got a round out with tennis because we are finishing up the Australian Open this week. So the quarterfinals are tonight starting at 8 p.m. on ESPN2, rounding out the next day, so on Tuesday, also at ESPN2 at 8 o'clock. Then on Wednesday, catch highlights of the Australian Open at 1 p.m. on ESPN2. Thursday is the women's semifinal at 2.30 a.m. Yes, a.m. on ESPN. Highlights will be featured at 1 p.m. on ESPN2 and 9 p.m. on ESPN, followed by the men's semifinal at 9.30 p.m. On ESPN. The second men's semifinal will be Friday night at 2.30 a.m., so Friday bright and early at ESPN. Also with highlights, which probably means a replay at 1 p.m. on ESPN2. That is not detailed on the website, by the way. I just assume it's going to be a replay slash highlights. Then on Saturday, the Australian Open women's final will be, again, bright and early, 2.30 a.m. on ESPN. Most likely will be replayed at 8 o'clock, as that will be on ESPN 2. And then Sunday, Australian Open men's final at 2.30 a.m. on ESPN with a confirmed replay at 8 a.m. and another at 8.30 p.m. Both of those you can catch on ESPN 2. That wraps it up for me this week. Thanks for sticking with me with those tricky tennis names as well as the throat tickles that I've been feeling this entire episode. Ended up not being too short because we had a lot of stuff to go over. Check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports for more as always. And I will catch you all next week.